Welcome to the Tej Talks podcast. Forget the property celebrities. We speak to relatable people with fascinating journeys, just like you. Hosted by Tej Singh, we bring you new stories, life-changing deals, and expert advice every week. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the TED Talks podcast. I often do these solo podcasts live on Instagram, people. So if you want to hear these, you know, live and direct, big up AJ Tracy, then you uh, yeah, should come and follow my Instagram if you're not already. Today is, is, a, is a strange podcast. I've never really done a podcast like this before. I've done one case studying my own like property that I did, which was, you know, great figures and all that awesome stuff. But I recently just had a real mind boggling uh, experience, I suppose, that took quite a bit of time um, and maybe quite a few professionals that I had to speak to and quite a few different um, characteristics that I had to look into to ascertain if this deal was any good. Um, and I knew, yeah, I was right. I knew from pretty early on um, that something, something was wrong with this property. And I knew it wasn't structural. I knew it wasn't not weed or plant based. But I, you know, when you get a vibe, you catch a vibe. You're just walking past. Ooh, you caught a vibe. Um, that's exactly what happened. So let me let me set the scene for y'all. OK, so I'm sitting there. You know, I'm just sourcing. I'm just looking. Now, I'm looking for certain counties. I live in Hertfordshire, so I'm looking for things around me. Now, I notice um, Bedfordshire, which is just up the road. So uh, as I'm going through the auction lot of like 200 lots or something, boom, I spot this. I click on it. Hmm, this is interesting. A nice little bungalow, bungalow. And, uh, you know, it's in not disrepair. It's just a bit tatty and a bit shitty. So it needs redoing. Great. I mean, this is literally what I live for. And I've never done a bungalow before. And I keep viewing them. And I'm actually looking forward to doing one because I'll probably use a shaker style kitchen, you know, for the older persuasion. Um, just to kind of change my style a bit, little bit. And it'll be a nice challenge for my interior design, right? So anyways, I see this bungalow and I'm like, mm, interesting. Click on it. There's like an online tour, whatever. I book in to see it on on the Saturday and, you know, I'm going to have a look. If you follow me on Instagram, you will have seen me post about this and all the issues it's had. But I want to actually reveal what's causing so many issues. So cool. I I don't do much. Do I do DD on my property? I think I do a little bit. And I and I realise, OK, it's maybe been in auction. This It's been in this same auction last month. OK, I think it was guided at one... 70 and it was finished the bidding at i think it was like 190 so it's past it was past reserve which is 10 percent, 17k on top it was past it so i thought that's weird it was past reserve but it didn't sell so anyways i asked the auctioneer this and they said and this is a common strategy by the way that people do so a little tip if you're selling an auction is they had the guide at you know whatever 170 but the day before or the hour before if you're a really dodgy auction house um which this one wasn't but you know some will they change the guide up it to 180 so you're all doing your figures you're doing your sums you're it's a 170 but you come to auction oh guides 180 okay no big deal but that means a reserve is higher slightly higher in this case it's 10 percent above the guide so they did that which stopped it selling so okay that's weird 
Anyways, it was in this auction. Now it was guided at one seventy again. I think slightly less. Maybe it was slightly less. Um, now I thought, okay, this is interesting. What's going on here then? Okay, didn't sell an auction, which, to be honest, now is unusual. It's a typical bungalow. It's you know in a nice area, and actually. I'll get to this, but it does potentially have enough room on it to build an L-shaped um, type, you know, extension to it. Or not extension, but actually to build an L-shape and make a make it a kind of semi-detached bungalow. Or even build a, maybe a one-bed kind of bungalow on the land, right? So, it's got more than just it's a bungalow. It's got, like, some development potential. Um, there were no plans for it, but of course the auction house say... This development potential and everyone loses their shit. Anyways, I go to the viewing, I look at the property, I walk around it multiple, multiple times. A lovely plot, by the way, like live there, really nice. This house, it must have been built in the, I don't know, 40s or 50s? I don't know. Structurally sound. No knotweed, no damp, no root. Like literally, it's a, you know, replaster, new kitchen, new bathroom, new carpet, boom. That kind of refurb, yeah? So, Nothing cray-cray with it. So I'm thinking, mm, okay. Now the GDV I've worked out. What did I have the GDV down for? You know what, let me let me open up my sheet. So the GDV of this property that I had, probably quite conservatively, was £310,000. Potentially get a little bit more because it's a, it's a really nice plot with a garden all the way around. Okay. So, you know, if you could get this for, say, 200, you're doing well. You know, even with finance costs, stamp duty, everything. If you get it at sort of 200, you know what? I can't remember what, but even if you get it for like 220, um, my calculation was you're doing pretty well. Because the refurb was so straightforward. The garden needed a little bit of work, but like, it was just, it was a gorgeous garden. It was mature. You know, the garden was mature shrubs, I think they call it. Agents call it mature, well-planted shrubbery. So, anyways, looked at this stuff. Listen, all you people saying welcome to the big leagues. Listen, shut up, man, in the comments. Big leagues. This shit happens everywhere, man. James Hurt, you think you're a bad man because you got one HMO in London? This guy. Um, so, no, I'm joking, it's all love. So, I, I thought, okay, th- this is, you know, this is guided very well, which is unusual at this auction because this auction, you know, the guide is way off what it goes for. At some others, it's actually fairly close um, I don't know about now with Corona. So I thought, hold on a minute. This is, there's some potential here. Let's see what happens. Anywho, I asked the auctioneers, so why has this been in the, pro- you know, in auction like four times? Of course, no response, of course. But what I then discovered was this has been in auction, not just once before where, you know, failed with the same company because the guy, you know, increased the guide. It was in an auction house, like a, um, I don't know what they call it, like a subsidiary of Auction House London, like an auction house local before that. And it sold for, oh, I don't know, 217? And then before that, it was in Auction House London, yeah, the famous one, for, and it sold for 214. And this was month after month, by the way. So I think it was October sold for 214, Auction House London. November sold for 217 auction house local. December was in auction local, failed because of the guide or just, you know, whatever, didn't have enough interest. And now in January, it's back in that same auction. So it's the fourth time in auction. Um, 
And it's the third time it has the potential to be sold. Now, this in itself, for me, is huge, huge alarm bells. Correct. Something fishy, some mackerel, some pescado here. Yeah, something fishy is going on. Now, I thought, oh, hold on a minute. This is potentially why it's guided so well and why it, you know, and why the auctioneers didn't reply to me, obviously. They're not taking liability for it, are they? But anyways, I thought, hold on a minute. You know, there is something strange going on here. So I suppose the first thing I did was look at the pictures from previous. What had been changed? It's the obvious thing, right? What I could find was that there was a bit of furniture the first time. That's been removed. Second time, the same. Third time, the same. And now the same. So sometimes you get quick flips, right? Someone will get it super cheap. And then they'll flip it next month. Usually they wait a bit, but they'll flip it next month and they'll make 10, 20 grand, whatever, you know, traders, right? They do this. That's fine. But this was three, four times in a row now. So there's an issue here, right? And I'm racking my brain um, because there is nothing physically wrong with this house. Then I go to speak to my friend at Landridge who pulls a title for me and, you know, it's had a mortgage on it. It's you know, well, no, sorry, no, it hadn't had a mortgage on it. It was, if I remember correctly, it was unregistered at Landreg. Now, but there was a, there was like a title map that just showed it as a plot. Now there's a chunk of this title that was missing on Landreg. Sorry, it would, this chunk was showing on Landreg as part of this plot, but on OS map that the auction had, and actually on a bit of software that I use called Searchland, which is like Nimbus, it had it cut out and it was a little bit confusing because if this plot wasn't included it has no development potential at all and it, it kind of does it it will reduce the kind of end price by a little bit but nothing major this is not a major thing so i thought okay there's this potential issue that people are not finding development potential so maybe some idiots bought it before expecting development and then they sold it because they couldn't do it but that doesn't make sense because they bought it for 214 and the GDV is 310. And it's a 20 grand, 25 grand refurb if you go bougie with it. That's profit. That's t- that's, pro- that's more than 20% profit if you don't have finance costs. And if you do, that's still the kind of deal I'd probably do. And it's straightforward. Like, it's, it's just a very simple plot. So anyways, I'm racking my brain, racking my brain, trying to understand, you know, why why is this happening? So anyways... Um, I put this on my Instagram story, etc, etc. I then get the legal pack. Now, of course, this is where, you know, this is where the real shit, this is where it goes down. You know what I'm saying? This is where the money is made. And if you watch Homes Under the Hammer, this is where the money is lost. So anyways, this legal pack confused the hell out of me. So I've read hundreds of legal packs. I'm good at reading them. I can understand them. I've bought many, many, you know, by reading them myself, fine. But there was something on this one that was just a little bit too complex and was just a bit too, you know, conveyance yielding and the and use a rubber stamp from like 19, you know, 100 something. So anyways, had the title deeds. Well, I said it had the title deeds in there. It kind of didn't. Um, It also it had a mortgage in it. Okay, so that's interesting, by the way, because if a property can get a mortgage, it means it exists in the eyes of a lender it means it, it kind of is registered to someone or something. So just hold on to this thought about the mortgage for now. yeah. But that was a good sign. It was back in 1954 or something, but it was a good sign. So anyways, um, 
this this plot, this bungalow, I kept thinking, what what's going on? Why is it happening? You know, looked at like looked at everything I could about this site. Um, and actually, I met someone on the viewing. Um, uh, and interestingly enough, you know, took my business card. I hope he sanitized it. And you know, yeah, he he has an investment. You know, I think it's him and a local uncle who's like, yeah, bro, do you know what? Innit? We we are collecting the monies in it together, and we're going to invest. You know, a group of us, yeah, put it into properties, and you know. So what do you do in it? What's the yellow about, man? What's the very bright, isn't it? Very bright, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it was good fun to talk to him. Um, just nice to talk to a human being, you know what I mean? Um, I wonder if he bought it, actually. I've got his number. I might text him and ask him. Old uncle. Uncle G. Anyways, I was like, F this legal pack. I'm interested in this, but there is a reason because nothing else is wrong. So anyways, I speak to my boy Stuart Forsdyke, who's actually going to be on the Property Doer podcast very soon. He is amazing. He's been in the legal you know, industry for 20 years. Um, he's the uh, partner at PCS Legal, who are the firm that I use. Uh, James Hota uses them. I think I think Spot the Days has used PCS as well. So hit me up if you want an introduction. Uh, yeah, I sound like Chabadi G. Yeah, I thought I miss, you know, I miss, I really miss people just do nothing with corrupt and Chabadi. I mean, best show on TV on TV. They need to bring that shit back. You know what I'm saying? Corrupt. Anyways, I say, Stu, listen, beg you look at the pack for me. Obviously, he did me a favour. There was no charge. So anyways, the power of branding and relationships. He looked at the pack and big up himself. Now, what he spotted was, he basically goes, listen, Ted, just fucked, didn't it? He goes, unless this is a deal of the century, unless, you know, you're going to keep it, I wouldn't do it. And here's why. Um, so, essentially, the title documents for this property don't really exist, um, now, I'm not a solicitor. This is not legal advice. Don't sue your boy. But I'm going to just kind of give you what he told me, which is you t- tend to need a root document when you have title deeds. This property did not have a root document. This has what's called an assent. Now, the issue with, with this is that there's no proof of ownership because the only proof of ownership in this was a gift, uh, you know, document. Basically, for example, you know, my mum's got a house. She says, Tej, I'm going to gift you the house for free. I'll have it. We sign a little document or two. Apparently, I now own it. This hasn't been done between legal professionals. The contract we have is not checked. It's not necessarily witnessed. It's not necessarily, you know, it's not a strong contract. And what tends to happen with these gifts is, you know, there's no inquiries raised between me and mum. Because my mum, I'm taking, you know, she's giving me the property, I'm having it. And so what this, I believe this forms part of the assent, um, and this becomes an issue. Because what happens with these gifts, um, these gifting documents is that, you know, there can be a lot of fraud, um, especially between family and friends. And it's quite weak, it's what kind of Stu was saying as a solicitor to protect my, you know, interests and my money and my investors' money, was that, you know... It's very difficult to prove ownership of this from the current people, but also when I then buy it, it's very difficult to prove ownership because I have a kind of gift. What's to say that, you know, the original owner, Auntie May, comes back from the the dead, please God rest her soul, and says, Hold on a minute, I own this property and I want it back for my estate. Who says that's not going to happen? You know, to the extent that, you know, it comes to some sort of legal battle where it's like, I didn't sign this gift. That's not my um, signature on it. That's, you know, that's totally... And then if they could prove that they actually owned it, you've kind of bought... Well, 
nothing. And then the auction ain't going to back you. They're going to be laughing at you saying, well, you're the fucking idiot, which is the truth. So it just was a mess in terms of the title documents and ownership. Even the right of way, because it was kind of off the main road, was gifted. So there was no original document of ownership. Now, sometimes you get these. I've bought a house, a flip I had, and we did what's called the first registration. So before me, it wasn't on Landridge. It wasn't digitally on it. PCS did it for me. But what they received from the other side was like the brown tea-stained paper from 19-whatever with an actual rubber stamp on it that someone had kept safe. The original title documents with the root. This didn't have anything like that. All it had was a gift. And you would have to register it at Landridge. So you're buying a property that isn't necessarily owned, but it's kind of gifted and you can't... So it was it was just very tricky. Um, and what kind of Stuart was saying... Landridge don't like this because what's to say that I am not the master fraudster and I, you know, I don't know, I haven't put a gun to someone's head and said, gift me the land through your family and now I've bought it at auction. Landridge are slow and kind of a bit um, obfuscating and dinosaurs at the best of times, right? So he's essentially saying there's going to be an issue, one, proving you own it. So if I was going to flip it, again, I'm selling a, property that I have the keys to but I don't have the deeds to necessarily and if I try and register it Landridge are going to have a problem with it because they're going to say well where's the proof that you own it and all I have is a gift to a gift and I've bought the, the gift pieces to me and Landridge don't like it um the only redeeming factor here what I said earlier was the mortgage so because I had a mortgage on it because it had a charge against it back in a day that was a kind of beacon because it means that, well, hey, it was recognised by a lender. There had to be some sort of recognition there. Um, so essentially, what we found from this legal pack was that, look, Landridge may not accept it. And they may take years. You may have to wait I don't know, 12 or 13 years for adverse possession um, to say you own it. Because there's no strong proof kind of within it. Um but also, even if Landridge do give it to you, they may give you a, um, I can't remember what it's called, like a, an income, a limited title. So it may not be a full title, like in terms of its, its health, I suppose. So it's not a healthy title. So when it comes to you selling it on, the buyer, and maybe even a lender, may say, you know, yes, they can indemnify against it, but they may also say, hmm, that's if Landridge accept it. So this was the problem with the bungalow. And what must have happened is the first person who bought it maybe didn't read the legal pack, maybe did the homes under the hammer. Oh, I haven't read the legal pack, but I believe we just need a lick of paint and then I can sell it on. It'll be okay, won't it? Solicitors can do their work, in, you know, magic. Um, I'll probably make about two grand on it. I'll be happy with that. Um, so I think someone made a mistake there. Then they went to their solicitors and the solicitor said, what have you bought? And they were like, oopsie, the TV told me to buy it. And then they must have chucked it back in and thought, oh. And then the second person did the same thing. You know, I I don't know. Like when a legal pack is this complex, even me, yeah, the cheapest guy you know probably, I would still have paid Stu. I would have paid him 200 quid. Me. And there's people out here with so much money but no sense. So the second person would have put it in auction. And then the third person would have... Then the, the, so the first buyer bought it, put it in, put it in auction. Then we go to the next auction where it didn't sell, 
and they would have just tried to recoup their losses because it you know they're, they're literally guiding it so they can just get their money back and then now someone bought it i believe for 200 and i want to say 210 Please comment if you're if you're or send me a DM if you're listening to this. If you're watching this on IG Live right now, leave a comment. Do you think this property is going to be an auction next month or the month after again? Say yes if you think so. And so, of course, you know I didn't buy it. Dodgy title. You know what? Any underpinning, yeah, structural cracks, house falling up. Nothing scares me. I will buy anything. But legal stuff, especially when you have to work with land reg and potentially go back to like, oh, don't. It's a pain. Now, look, of course, there's so many legal issues that we can fix, you know, and that we do really well with. And I love legal issues. I love legal issues. I do. But this one was just difficult. Um, I love <laughs> I love this. I think it's the bungalow of boom. But it's the bungalow of doom. Uh, everyone on IG is saying, yes, it's going to be an auction and people are going to keep buying it and keep buying it. Um, People, basic DD from this podcast, right? If it's been an auction before and they haven't changed it or they're not asking a much higher price or red flags. Yeah, especially if it's a different auction. That's what you do, right? You wouldn't put it in the same auction. That'd be, that'd be so obvious. But all you have to do is Google the address and it comes up. I didn't have access to EIG or anything. Literally, it cost me zero pounds to find this out about this bungalow of doom. So, uh, yeah, it was a madness. I had some people, you know, DMing me saying, oh, well, it must be a structural issue with the house or it, it must be something. No, no, it was a legal issue. And you know what? They, look, if, okay, if you're going to live in this house for the next 20 years or whatever, then potentially, if it was a dream house, you probably would buy it. And, you know, bust it through somehow and just keep it on a possessory title if you had cash. You, you might do that. But it's tricky and it's risky. Um, and actually, on the viewing, there was only, you know, the uncle, Mr. Conglomerate Business Uncle Jabadiji. It was only him on the viewing. No one else on a Saturday. So quite, a, you know, quite a busy time. Was that a red flag? Eh, potentially a little bit of a red flag, yeah. Um, it only had two or three bidders on it. So I, you know, given that it is prime condition, prime area, prime price, there's definitely, on the flip side of this, a lot of sensible people, because at this auction, everything went stupidly high. There's, you know, a lot, um, there's a lot of people who were sensible, who made the decision not to buy it, you know, and that that's good. It gives me hope, you know, You're serious people. So look, let, let's see what happens, you know, with it soon. But I just wanted to share this experience with you because I put it on my Instagram story and I was so, you know, I was confused and I was, my mind was hurting trying to understand the hell's going on with this. So that's my podcast on the Bungalow of Doom. Just a quick update on where I am. I've got lots of offers out. I've had a lot of them rejected. Um, I've had offers, you know, there was this block of flats. I offered two, it was on for 280. I started at 285, went to best and final that became 300 and I think I offered 305,000 rejected. Yeah, I offered above asking me. Don't ever say I'm cheap. Don't at me, any of you, and say I'm cheap, yeah? I offered above asking. What? So, um, yeah, that didn't work out. And I viewed some today, which I'm definitely going to get rejected. As well as the market being a bit stupid and hot right now, 
A lot of vendors who are being a bit stupid and overestimating how much their shitholes are worth. I'm sorry. Listen, vendors who are doing this, I'm sick of you. Listen, a year ago, you weren't bad mans then, were you? You were like, oh, please, sir, cash, 14-day completion. Please, Tej, take my house. But now, oh, yeah, your shit hut is worth 400 grand. Fuck me, mate. It's a joke. It's a joke, I tell you, this market. Proper annoying me, you know. I want deals. I want to design some kitchens. You know how many kitchen designs I have in my head? You know how many worktop pa- Don't get me started. I need properties. Yeah, I need properties. So that's what's happening right now, really, to be honest. Um, I've got a podcast coming soon on Clubhouse. I'm just going to talk about the app, what it is, why I don't really like it. But yeah, I'm still, um, you know, I'm still <laughs> very active in it all the time. But I'm not actually. But anyways... So look, people, I hope that was helpful about the bungalow of doom. Uh, look, I'll, I'll speak to you soon. I hope that was helpful. Um, auctions are a great place to buy, but I just realised something. People always ask me, uh, should I buy an auction for my first purchase? Yeah, yeah, you could. But here's what I would say to you. You are a different person. Your eyes are different on your first viewing to your 20th viewing. Well, I think we can agree that, right? And they're different on your 100th viewing from your 20th viewing and your first. So you can do it for your first thing. You do your DD, you get your thing read by a solicitor, you, you know. But just, just think to yourself, are there things I'm going to miss because it's my first few viewings, whereas I would notice them 50 viewings down the line? That may change my mind completely. That's one thing I want you to think about if you're thinking at auctions. But anyways, look, my e-learning, I've got a huge section um, on auctions in my e-learning because I love auctions. So, you know, I talk about them a lot in there. So testtalks.learnworlds.com. Anyways, uh, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you like this podcast, connect with Tej on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube for more great content.